Holy Spirit, thank you for coming to help us. We're a broken bunch, Lord. We need you. And Father, thank you that you chose to come help. So this morning, as we look at your word, say far more than I can, Lord. Holy Spirit, we invite you to continue to help us as you have through the service so far, Lord, and worship. And we just want to continue to give our attention to you. And Lord, you're so awesome. In Christ's name we pray. Now, chapters 13 through 16 deal with the last time that the disciples would be together with Jesus. And it was a very intimate time. And Jesus said a lot of things to them. They did not realize at that time that they were about to find themselves where they never dreamed they would be. About to face something bigger than they could bear. And the one they had leaned on for three years every day was about to leave. It was a desperate position for these guys. That's one reason I have enjoyed uh, the Chosen show. Because I think, I think sometimes we read the Bible. Oh, these are Bible stories and they happened so long ago. Guys, these were people like us. And they faced life like we face life. And they were chosen by Christ. And it changed their lives. That's why I pray that you guys are here. That's why I'm here. There was a time when Jesus chose me and I, I got it. <laughs> and, and the truth was, the only way I could get it was by the Holy Spirit. And it, it tells us um, in these chapters... Four times, some translations it says helper. Um, in this one, it uses the word advocate, some comforter. But the point of the matter is, somebody came to help them. Because what they were about to go through, it was too much. It was just too much. And, and I will tell you this, as, as we headed out for India... Um, I never dreamed my daughter's wedding would be on the other side of the world. And I never thought that um, my family, my, uh, my sons, their loved ones, my sister, her family, uh, Cindy's family, I always envisioned they'd be there. <laughs> and they couldn't be there. And it was a, by the time we got there, it was a 31-hour trip. And so we were, we started out exhausted, just to be honest about it. We got in there at 3 in the morning and were tired. And I knew I was in trouble when this meant no, and I can't even do it, but it was kind of a jiggle of the head from the side meant yes. So I had my wires crossed from the very start in, in trying to communicate. And the culture was so vastly different that I was overwhelmed. 
there was one day that came by, we called them God on Wheels, came by playing music, and they were basically trying to get uh, money from the people that lived around with the different gods in the Hindu religion. Uh, we met a couple of Christians, but not too many. I, I just say that to say, man, was I way out of my comfort zone. In a culture that was so different, one person had told me, if you travel internationally, do not start with India because it is about as far away from our culture as any culture. <laughs> so so here, here we are, um, met some beautiful people, uh, also thrust into a situation I learned that the Punjabi people, is uh, Abhi's people, uh, they have the most elaborate weddings in all of India. And so there, there was just so much. And, and to be honest with you, fr from the start, I felt overwhelmed and unable to know, I mean, just overwhelmed. And I got sick uh, in the second week uh, when we had this four-day wedding approaching. But what I learned through all of this Man, I had, you know, we wanted to leak Jesus. We wanted to be this witness and everything else, and I hope we did that. Sometimes it's hard to see it. Sometimes it's hard to know how good a job of that you're doing. But um, what I learned through this, the reason I'm talking again on this passage is I learned I wasn't alone. I learned that God was there. His helper was just as his helper was with those original 12 and their struggle and about what was going to happen that would jolt their world and everything would go crazy. But Jesus said, you will not be alone. Even though I won't be here, I will send another. And I say that to you because I don't know where you are today. I know that this life can be nutso. And you can find yourself where you never thought you would ever be. And it can be terribly uncomfortable. And you can feel broken and disheartened. And you can think, how in the world did I ever get here, God? Why did you put me here? But the Holy Spirit says. And I want to look at that through this passage just uh, real briefly. Um, he was at work. Uh, listen to this. This is from the Amplified Bible when uh, it des describes him, this, this helper, this comforter. It says, one called to stand constantly by us and who is ready to take part in everything in which his help is needed. You see, the fact of the matter is, Jesus gives us eternal life, but the Holy Spirit gives us internal life. You see, we take that first step of salvation where we place our confidence, our faith in Jesus Christ. He forgives us, and He gives us this new start. But that's just the first step. Then, guys, you've got to walk. You've got to walk that life out. You've got to live that life out. And it's one day at a time. And it's surrender each day to Christ. It is 
saying, Holy Spirit, help me because I'm dumb. I don't know what to do. I need you to help me. I need your comfort. I, I need you to, to speak for me, to be my defense, to be the comforter that, that is so necessary for me. Now, um, the Holy Spirit, when he was working, but the one that the Holy Spirit who came, he was like Jesus. And, and I want to show you uh, from our text here. He says, and I will ask the Father, this is verse 16, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. He will give you another counselor, um, another uh, translation uh, says advocate, a helper. This word another, uh, there are a couple of words in the Greek when it speaks of another. One is another that is different. And then there is another that is just like the previous one. That's the word that's used here. Jesus said, I'm going to send another. And although it will not be me, it'll be just like me. So sometimes we say, man, I could really have greater faith if Jesus was physically here with me and I could see him and follow him. Well, he sent one like him, the Holy Spirit, who is with us, guys. I'll give you an example of what that's like. Um, th this word, the same as. Indian foods, I, it, it's okay, I like it, but not every meal for two weeks. And then on the flight over there, um, we had Indian food. And so, you know, it did okay for about a week. Quite honestly, in America, I like to eat different stuff, you know. And, and so all those spices began blending together, and it just got to the point where I just could not eat. And so we went to, Abby's uncle has a farm. They mostly raise sugar cane and potatoes. So anyway, um, his cousin dug up some potatoes and gave them to us. So anyway, that night we had a bonfire at the house, and uh, we were telling him, uh, the cousin, that, you know, America, we, we take some aluminum foil, put the potatoes in the aluminum foil, and throw them in the fire and cook them, and then you can eat the potatoes. So he comes back with some aluminum foil and some potatoes. He's all excited. He wraps the potatoes up. He, he, he throws them in the fire. He's like, yeah, I like that. So he cooks them, and then, you know, afterward, the potatoes are cooked. They come out. Oh, man, that was so delicious. I ate that potato, and I thought, this is great, man. I took a bite of it. He comes over there, and he, he takes a bite of the potato. And it was real funny, because afterwards, uh, Abby's sister had said something to him. They call, it, they call you uncle. Everybody's uncle. So if you guys want, you'd be uncle or auntie, okay? That's just what they do. So she said, you, you, all, you ate off of uncle's plate. I, I, I can't. I, I said, you're not supposed to do that. And he said, uncle and I, we're tight. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, so I'm eating that potato, man. I kind of, that first one, I kind of, oh, you know, man, I eat that up. And he said, do you want some spices or some ketchup? And I said, no. <laughs> I said, thank you, but I want a bland potato, thank you. That, you know, <laughs> I want another just like that first one that I had. Not a different one. <laughs> this is good. 
And Jesus said, the one I'll send to you, he is good. He is enough. He is enough. Secondly, um, this one that he sent, he, he, sent to ha- he sent to assist them. A couple of uh, areas that we know in the scripture that we see he assisted is with prayer. Remember the disciples said in Luke chapter 11, Lord, teach us to pray. And of course, we know the model of the Lord's prayer. And then we come to Romans chapter 8. And in Romans chapter 8, it tells us, this is 26 and 27, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. I just love the honesty of that from the Apostle Paul. I'm a prayer warrior, but I do not know how to pray. I mean, when we get right down and honest with it, we are called God's children for a reason. We're not really so got it together. And so the Holy Spirit here, it says he helps us in our weakness. We don't know what to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. So the Holy Spirit kicks in when we don't have anything to say. And then I love it, the next verse he says, And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. God steps in, he teaches, he, 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 he teaches us to pray. And secondly, it tells us that he helps us with his very truth, his very word that Jesus taught. Um, it says here in, in the text, in verse, you go down a little bit further in verse um, 25 of chapter 14, and he says, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So you read the Bible, you try to say, God, help me, show me what to do. And the Holy Spirit helps. The Holy Spirit says, remember this when you read this? Remember how I opened your eyes to this? It's always amazing. You read the same verses over and over again. You get something different out of it. How does that happen? It's the Holy Spirit that does that stuff. And he says, I will remind you of what you need and give it to you when you need it. It's the internal work of the Holy Spirit. And then third, I want you to see, he's always with us. He tells you that I will send this one, this counselor, and he will be with you forever. There's no expiration date. It's interesting, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon a person to complete a task. And then the Holy Spirit would often leave. As a matter of fact, David had said in Psalm 51, Oh, Holy Spirit, don't don't leave me like what happened to Saul. (laughs) I don't want to be abandoned by you. David was wise enough to know he needed God. He needed God's help. And so the joy of the Holy Spirit is he's a lifetime partner. He doesn't abandon us. Now, we may grieve him. We may be knotheads and upset him, but he doesn't abandon us. Or we may quench the Spirit of God, which means God wants to work through us. God wants to make a difference through us. And sometimes we can just be stubborn rebellious and quench what he wants to do what the holy spirit wants to work but it doesn't mean he gives up on us and just leaves us he says i will be with you i'm going to hang out with you i'm going to be there for you 
And he's called the spirit of truth. It's just people can't know him or, or see him because he has to reveal himself to them. It's interesting in our text here, um, he tells us, this is verse 17, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. You see, the, the Holy Spirit was at work with those disciples as they were about to be where they didn't want to be, facing an impossible situation, feeling totally alone, but the Holy Spirit came and he was with them. He was in that place. He was actively working, dwelling with them, and then he entered into them. And that's what happens with the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us. He convicts us. He moves around us until we see him and invite him in to take home inside of each of us. And then after he dwells among us and then comes within us, thirdly, he empowers us to do the job God gives us to do. It tells us in Acts 1.8 that the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. You'll, you'll see my power and, and you will be my witnesses. He comes upon us so that we can do what he wants us to do. He empowers us so that it is possible to follow. And then fourthly, uh, I want you to notice in the text, the Holy Spirit can be trusted. Verse 17, he's called the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. Uh, in verse 26 of chapter 15, it says, When the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, he will testify about me. So in other words, the, the truth here, the Holy Spirit provides is who Jesus really is. The comfort that Jesus alone can provide. The person that we worship, the one that we follow. In John 16, 13, he says, When the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all the truth. His truth will come alive. His truth will make sense. As we seek his truth, as we desire God, as we seek to, to follow him in, in the context of who he is. Not everyone has the Holy Spirit. Just the one who comes to Christ has the Holy Spirit. Um... It, tell, it tells us in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 9, he says, You, however, are controlled, not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. So listen, if you've been born from above, if Jesus has entered your life, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. If, you. if the Holy Spirit doesn't live inside of you, you better do a checkup and make sure you really belong to Jesus because the Bible says that's the way that that works. And I love it as the text goes on. He says, If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit. Through his spirit. 
So, I don't know. We make the Holy Spirit all mystical, and we Baptists tend not to really understand the Holy Spirit. And I mean, I, I get all of that. But the Holy Spirit is not someone to fear or someone that is mystical. He's someone who walks with you day by day. Someone who helps. Someone who counsels. Someone who comforts. Someone who is there. It tells us in Ephesians 5 uh, that we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Greek word literally means being filled all the time with the Holy Spirit. A continual filling of the Holy Spirit. It's been said, one baptism of the Spirit, but many fillings. What does that really mean? It means each day that I get up, I say, okay, Lord, I'm not much, but I'm yours. I surrender. That's what it means. It means, God, I'm, I'm going to start this out. And when I mess up, Lord, may I be man enough to say I messed up. Forgive me. Let's pick it back up and get going. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit is with us, and the Holy Spirit can be trusted through what we face. And, and I close, close this thing up. Man, it was the second week, and the second week was better for me because um, Lydia and Abby's uh, 13 American friends came. Americans, yeah, man. Man, that was, that was good uh, to, be able to, talk, to be able to talk to them. Um, but by this time, I was getting sick, and it was before this four-day wedding. And one thing about event-oriented people, when they tell you something's about to start, don't believe them. It may be two, three hours later. Uh, that's not how they operate in countries that are event instead of time-oriented. And I laid in the bed the night before the four-day wedding started. And, and guys, you, you know, many of you know how sick and I are. I mean, we go to bed... 8.30, get up 3.30 during the weekdays. And they flipped this completely around for me. I mean, not only is there a 10 and a half hour difference, but, you know, they, they want to dance all night and, you know, and not really sleep all day. <laughs> get up and st start stuff again. So before the wedding started that first day, I was laying in the bed. I couldn't sleep. It was the middle of the night. And I was stressed. I'm just telling you're supposed to trust Jesus. Well, I was stressed, okay? And man, I was laying there and, and I was thinking, Lord, this is just too much. This is too much. And suddenly, um, I wanted to convert the world. I wanted to have an impact on all these people, right, that I've met. Hopefully I did. But as I laid there that night, it hit me. I belong to him. This isn't necessarily about my ability to share the gospel. This is about me getting the gospel myself. This is, this is about me being able to, to lay there and understand that God loves me. And I laid there and I began to kind of whimper, kind of cry a little bit. Because it really struck me. It's the gospel. 
no matter where you are, no matter what situation you find yourself in, think about it. God came because he loved you. God died for you because he loves you. God made the biggest sacrifices possible because he really cares. And, and so I laid there during that time, and it was just such a healing because, man, I was just exhausted. And, of course, you know, at the end of the four days, that last night, we didn't get back to the house till after 4 o'clock. I told a number of people there. So, and then we had to get up at 8 and start packing for, the, you know, the five-hour drive back to uh, where the airport was and hit the 25-hour airplane flight back here. And so, you know, we're just now starting to kind of get our bearings again. And, you know, the first part of the day since we've been home, I've been able to function okay, but... <laughs> You know, the second half of the day, I might need a nap. <laughs> so uh, the point is, uh, as I close this thing out, I know it's been kind of haphazard. Sometimes we preachers, we give a lot of theology, but we don't really say why. And so I say to you, what I, what I learned in all that time was Jesus is Jesus. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you for your spirit who has made a home inside each of us, that we are not alone. Lord, sometimes we feel alone. Sometimes we are overwhelmed in shock from the place we find ourselves that we never thought we would. But you are not caught by surprise, and I, I'm grateful, and I pray you might minister this morning to people who are here. I don't know what their story is. I, I, I don't know what may be causing a sense of being overwhelmed in their lives, but I know the same Spirit of God is there for them too. So, Lord, just help us. Just minister to us in the time that we set aside to say, Spirit, speak. And so, Lord, it's your time. Do what you want. In Jesus' name.